Are you a skilled foreign worker who's searching for a new adventure? Maybe to move down under? That's Australia. Look no further than the booming construction industry. This diverse and expanding industry offers a range of roles, competitive wages and exciting opportunities for professional development. But before you pack your bags and book your flight, let's dive into what exactly the construction industry is and the benefits of having a career of that in Australia. Hi, I'm Rhea Favole, CEO and founder of Solvi Migration, providing simple solutions for Australian migration. If you want to work, study, or even just vacay in Australia, then you've come to the right place for expert tips on how to stop the confusion and choose the right pathway for a holiday, student visa, or permanent residency in Australia. Join me on Making Australian Migration Easy. As we say in Australia, no worries, mate. Hi there. Welcome to the fifth episode of Making Australian Migration Easy. I'm Rhea Favole, the CEO and founder of Solvi Migration and a former Australian immigration official. Today, I'm going to talk to you about the exciting opportunities to migrate to Australia and work in construction. The borders are open in Australia, and in this episode, I'm going to talk to you about all of the exciting opportunities that we have to migrate to Australia and work in the construction industry. There are roles that are varied, and there's different requirements depending on what occupation you have, where you got your qualifications, and obviously there's going to be different skills recognition requirements to meet the Australian requirements. I'm here just to have a chat with you, give you some pointers on where to do your homework so you can start dreaming the dream about migrating to Australia with your construction skills. Of course, at the end of this, for our fantastic listeners, there's going to be a reward. And I promise you uh, that in future episodes, we're also gonna be running some competitions too. So everyone, please sit back, relax and listen in and see what Australia has in store for you to come and work in the construction industry. So today I'm going to talk to you about what are the construction occupations, the skills assessments and registrations that you need to look into to work in the construction industry in Australia, and also what type of visa options there are for construction workers. So the first topic I'll talk to you about is, I guess, defining what the construction industry is from an Australian migration perspective. Um, there's obviously lots of different roles that that covers, so it's quite broad. There are many different sub-industries. For example, there's residential, commercial, civil engineering. Uh, there's also infrastructure. Uh, and depending on your skills and interests, you'll definitely be able to find a role that suits you and a visa pathway. Some examples of current skilled occupations in construction uh, that do have immigration pathways are, are architects, bricklayers, carpenters, construction managers, mechanics, electricians, engineers, plumbers, uh, but there are many, many more. You'll need to do some research and understand the different uh, skilled occupation lists and different visas that are attached, which of course I'll talk to you more um, later in this episode. So working in the construction industry in Australia has a multitude of benefits, great job security, high salaries, good career development, and the conditions and rules that we have regulating that industry mean that it's um, safe, stable, um, and quite enjoyable, and you can build a very prosperous career in that. So uh, very promising for skilled workers, and there's a variety of roles available. Um, uh, one example that I like to talk about because I live at the Gold Coast, which is in uh, Queensland in Australia, 
Um, not too far away, Brisbane has won the 2032 Olympics. So they're going to be hosting the Olympics. Uh, with that, of course, comes big infrastructure and development. There's going to be more development on the um, the housing as well as the commercial. Um, there will be sites that need to be developed in order to host the games, um, transport and so on. Um, so a lot of opportunities that are coming up in the next few years because that will take a number of years to build. So if you're thinking about coming uh, to Australia, that might be one great industry to think about. Um, another couple of industries that we have in Australia are also mining. Uh, mining uh, has a great need for people with skills uh, in the construction field um, and very high salaries. So a, a lot of people will like to come and work in those and do what's called FIFO, fly in, fly out work. Um, and they're able to take home very sizable salaries. Uh, and of course, there's visa options attached to that. Australia being a very sunny continent in the world, um, the solar industry is also booming. And there are many subsidies offered to Australians to do installations, both uh, residential and commercial. And that's another area where there's a, a big shortage of people with the uh, correct qualifications as, as electricians, as, as roofers, as plumbers and so on, in order to do those fittings in this very booming part of the industry. Lots to think about, lots of opportunities. So listen in and let's find out a bit more about how you can capitalise on that. Topic two. All right, now let's discuss registrations and skills assessments. So as a foreign worker, you have a few different visa options that you'll need to consider. But in order to get there, you need to prove that your skills are recognised to Australian standards. So you may have gained skills in your home country, but your qualifications may not align complete immediately with Australia's, what's called the Australian uh, Qualification Framework, um, which uh, standardises the requirements nationally. So employers can't legally employ you in Australia to work in these industries if you don't have the appropriate registrations and you don't have recognised skills. So that puts their business at risk, which is why it's so important to make sure that you go and get the appropriate qualifications and registrations. So you have a bit of homework to do in order to figure out what registrations and qualifications you need. But for example, it's mandatory that you have in Australia what's called a white card uh, before you work in a construction site. Let's leave the political correctness of that particular name aside, but everyone needs to have this particular card to work in construction in Australia. Um, to get an approved white card, you can go to the Master Builders Association and also a number of registered training organisations. So regardless of your skills, you'll need to have them assessed formally with a registered training organisation or a skills assessing authority. So for those who want to come to Australia and study these qualifications, um, it will be great because it'll be more straightforward, but you are still going to usually need to have your skills assessed. Uh, in order to meet the migration requirements of the visa. So if you'd like to do some industry specific standard research for registrations, you can go to places like Master Builders, Master Plumbers, um, Association Engineers Australia, and they will talk about the types of registrations that you'll need to work in those particular roles. So as I mentioned in the last episode, there's currently 42 different assessing authorities 
Um, again, I'll pop the link in so that you'll be able to um, try and work out which particular authority would be assessing skills for your occupation. So just within the construction industry, there are multiple assessing authorities. Uh, most trades occupations, for example, you would go to Trades Recognition Australia uh, or to the Vet Assess authorities. If you are an architect who qualified overseas, um, you at, or even here, you might need to get your qualifications uh, recognised as well. Um, and for engineers, you would go through Engineers Australia. So uh, the key thing to remember is that you do need to do your research. You need to figure out which skills assessing authority can validate skills for your Australian migration pathway. It is a lot to think about and sometimes you might need assistance. The team and I are always available um, to give more guidance. Just book a consultation and we can give advice on that too. Um, some of the skills assessing authorities do also offer consultations. So you may be able to contact them directly and set up uh, your own consultation with them to see if your skills are on track. Finally, as always, I need to talk to you about visa options. That's what we're all here for. There are a number of visa options for occupations in construction. Um, just remember, you may need to take a couple of visas before you get to the permanent residency visa. So you'll need to understand which visas are available to your chosen occupation. Um, you'll be able to do some research on the skilled occupation list. It's on the Department of Home Affairs website, and I'll pop the link for that in the show notes as well for you to go and do a, a bit of homework. So if you haven't yet had uh, skills or work experience working construction, maybe you want to come to Australia and study. We've got partners that you'll be able to register in uh, recognised training courses and you'll need a student visa for that. And then of course if you've done qualifications here uh, there might be a number of visas you need in order to get the work experience. So for example the subclass 485 graduate visa, um, that particular visa allows you to continue to get work experience post-qualification in Australia. Um, the subclass 476 which is a recognised skill graduate uh, if you've done engineering in another country where we recognise, we, we have a reciprocal arrangement with that university, um, you can come in and do work, get more further work experience on that 476. Um, and then there's, of course, the 407 training visa, because some roles such as apprenticeships and so on, you might need to do a job ready program or you might need further on the job experience, um, architects included. Uh, before you meet the work experience as well as the qualification requirements in order to get skills recognition um, for a visa pathway. So then moving on to the actual visa pathways, um, there are a number of them. And as I said, you may need to take a couple of visas. So for some people, they may come in on what's called a subclass 482, a temporary skilled visa. Um, all of these visas that I'm about to tell you about um, for, uh, for work purposes, you will usually need to have had a skills assessment to be eligible. So the 482 is a sponsored visa, so you need an employer um, who's an approved sponsor who then would nominate you, the nomination needs to be approved, and then you can apply for the visa. Um, it actually has a number of streams, the short term, medium term, and long term. Most people like the medium and long term. Um, because there's clearer pathways to permanent migration um, once you hold that visa. Um, similarly, the subclass 494 um, 
which is for regional areas. Uh, the difference with that one is that uh, when, once you, uh, you are granted that for five years, um, and after three years, you are eligible to apply for permanent residency directly yourself for the subclass 191. Um, there's one other visa that you can do that with, so I'll talk about that uh, next. Um, let's just focus first of all on those employer-sponsored. So the next employer-sponsored is the subclass 186, which is a permanent residency visa. Um, a lot of people want to jump straight to that. Uh, but it will depend on the actual occupation that you have and whether or not it's eligible for that particular visa subclass. Um, then moving on to, I guess, more independent pathways uh, to come and work in construction. Uh, the state nomination program is one that a lot of people are interested in. I've, I've talked a little about uh, this in previous episodes. So the states and territories in Australia each have a migration program. Um, the Department of Home Affairs, which is the federal government, uh, will allocate them a certain number of visas. Those states and territories are then able to choose which particular occupations uh, they will invite for visas. So you would need to, first of all, put in an expression of interest and you'd need to have the appropriate uh, skills assessment and to prove that you meet the general skilled migration points. So it's a minimum of 65 points. Uh, but again, each of those jurisdictions, so the states and territories, are able to choose what number of points and what other requirements. So there's, there's minimum requirements for what this program is, which is general skilled migration, um, but they can choose. Uh, there is the subclass 491 uh, visa, which is for five years. Um, it's probably more commonly given out. Um, most of the time that is to people living in regional areas within that particular state. Um, there'll be certain residency requirements to live in that state uh, if you're already in Australia prior to putting in the expression of interest or if you're coming from overseas you'll need to make a commitment to living there for a few years um, if you're granted the visa. Um, so after holding the 491 for three years you can apply for permanent residency as I mentioned uh, it is the subclass 191, so you can do that directly yourself and you won't need uh, sponsorship or further nomination to do that. Um, if you are fortunate enough to be eligible for the subclass 190 and receive an invitation under the state nomination program, um, that one is permanent residency. Um, again, always check the skilled occupation list to see if your occupation, uh, which visa subclass it's actually eligible for. Through skilled independent visa on the Department of Affairs has. So if you jump on their website and have a look at the skill select program, um, you are able to lodge an expression of interest there. Again, you need to hold at least 65 points and your occupation needs to be on the list. Um, if you are giving an invitation to apply, it's for the subclass 189 visa and that is permanent residency again. Um, it's probably a little more limited in the occupations that we see appearing there, but some of them are relating to the construction industry as well. So worth doing your research and having a look. And then also to wrap up, so the visa subclasses that I talked about, the 482, the 494 and the 186, um, which are generally employer sponsored, 
Um, some organisations or states or uh, camp councils uh, in Australia, so that's like little regions within a, a state, uh, might have a type of labour agreement. Some of them are designated area uh, migration agreements, so that's what we call the Dharma agreements. Um, others, the actual company may have uh, an agreement. So I know mining industry commonly uh, has their own agreements uh, also uh, in, in agriculture and so on. But um, these particular programs, the reason why I'm mentioning them is for some people, they may have the correct skills and qualifications, but find um, that they fall out of the age requirements because all of these skilled migration pathways require um, that you are 45 and under. So you need to be under the age of 45 to be eligible. Um, with the labour agreements, some of them, and you need to, again, um, have proper advice, do proper research, have what's called concessions. And in those concessions, it may be that there are um, slightly uh, lower English language requirements, and some of them may have a slightly higher age threshold. Again, in each of those agreements, it's specific to an occupation. Um, so you'll need to understand that. But it's worth mentioning because for some people that still provides a pathway for them. So I told you you'll need to do your homework to, to um, understand a fair bit. Uh, the Department of Home Affairs website does provide detailed information and guidelines um, as to the requirements for each type of visa application. And of course, I'm going to say this because I am a trained immigration lawyer. So I always recommend that you consult with an Australian registered immigration lawyer or a registered migration agent and make sure that you have identified the correct pathway and you'll get help as well from them to actually navigate the process and assist you in understanding the skills requirements, the visa application requirements and to avoid making costly mistakes. Uh, when I talk about costly mistakes, as a professional, uh, we do encounter a number of clients who unfortunately have gone and done it themselves um, and they might have made a mistake, um, which is understandable because it is complex. Um, the unfortunate consequence though, for example, someone recently um, who made a mistake on their visa application, because of that mistake, the visa was refused. The only thing you can do then is to go to um, uh, seek a review through another process, which of course means a further application fee, then they're going to have to pay higher professional fees for a, um, an immigration lawyer, a migration agent, um, in order to correct that mistake. Um, or for others, if they've, they've made such bad mistake in that they didn't have the correct um, skills assessment, for example, and it was required, or they'd missed getting the correct English score, all of those types of things means that they didn't actually meet the requirements of the visa at the time that they lodged it. Um, so when it's refused, you can't appeal that while you're in Australia. And that means you're going to have to leave Australia and to start the whole application process again. So you're going to be paying the fees all over again. So some people will say, oh, but there's a big cost to, to deal with a migration agent or an immigration lawyer. But the cost to not doing it properly is is obviously has a, a much bigger impact on people if they're here or even if you're offshore and you've made a mistake you're you're in your um, home country and you've applied um, you will need to lodge an application all over again the fees are not refundable for the visa application charges um, which means you're going to need to pay for the fees all over again 
Um, that's my little plug for, for the kind of job that um, myself and my team do. Um, but I hope that we've at least given you uh, some, some good tips so that you can start doing your homework to understand the requirements and registration and so on. Um, please don't be dissuaded because, as I said, there are so many fantastic opportunities in Australia. Um, construction has very high salaries when you look across the board at other countries and what they pay. Um, and there's very good working conditions as well um, and protections. And so it's a wonderful choice if you want to build a career, bring, bring your family here. And obviously the benefits of migrating to Australia with um, universal healthcare, education, um, so many other opportunities. Um, I can't recommend it enough, but I may be a little biased. Anyway, thank you so much for listening in, everyone. I hope that you've got something out of today's episode. Please do like and subscribe and share this with others so that they can also start learning about how to successfully migrate to Australia. And just to do a bit of a recap, um, today we talked about uh, the fact that the borders are open in Australia and there is a shortage of skilled workers in construction. Um, we talked about um, what the construction industry is and the types of roles that you might be able to migrate to work in Australia, uh, what some of the registration and skills assessment requirements are um, in order to be able to um, work in construction and also the requirements to um, prove your skills and qualification uh, for a visa, so for migration purposes. And lastly, I talked about some of the different types of visas um, that are available because there's, there's quite a number of them and obviously different requirements to understand there. Now, as a reward, as we always say, um, my team would love to be able to work with you to help develop your migration pathway. Uh, to book a consultation, you just jump onto our website. That's www.solvimigration.com.au. And if you click on book a consultation, uh, it asks for a redeem code. If you enter 50OFF, that's 50 off, you will receive $50 off your first consultation. So jump in because it's not going to be on offer forever. Um, but we would love to work with you. Thank you so much everyone for um, tuning in and please feel free to drop in the comments if there's other things that you would like me to cover in future podcasts. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Making Australian Migration Easy with me, your host, Rhea Favole. If you're ready to get started on your pathway to Australia, you can book a consultation on our website, solvimigration.com.au. That's solvimigration.com.au. If you've enjoyed the show and have learned a thing or two, please share, rate and review our podcast. Your feedback means the world to us as we try and let more people know the best way to study and work in Australia in a way that sets them up for long-term success. Thanks for listening and I'll catch you later.